Welcome to day 229 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Matt Kresge. And uh, we enter today into the second letter or epistle that we have from Peter. Different in character from his first. His first is to a suffering church, inviting them in the middle of their suffering and persecution uh, to reflect the heart of Christ and to be refined by their suffering into greater maturity in Christ. Second, a letter you know, continues where Peter talks about our continued maturity in Christ, how we grow up in our salvation, and how we apply the truth of the gospel you know, to so many different areas of our life and participate in the divine nature through the promises you know, that we have received from Christ. But then he quickly turns to a different set of problems. There are false teachers that are in a teaching, a, you know, teaching freedom in Christ in such a way that it indulges you know, the flesh. Uh, they're taking advantage of, uh, you know, the, the grace of God in order to live lives that are pleasing to themselves and take advantage of their hearers. And, of course, he takes on these false teachers, and uh, he challenges his readers in this letter uh, neither to live like they do nor to listen to their truth, but to be founded in the gospel, you know, that, that they received. And so in this uh, first chapter, you're going to hear him talk about the vision he had seen of Jesus on the mountain, and not only that, uh, how God has inspired Scripture for our prophet. So let's uh, begin in Second Peter chapter one. Uh, before we read, David, why don't you lift us up with prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Um, we thank you for the truths found in it and how it points us to your very heart and your very character and it points us to christ and so we ask today that as we enter into second peter one um, that we would be refreshed and renewed and that our affections for christ and for his church and and for his mission and the work he's doing in this world um, that those would be um, rekindled in our hearts um, for your glory for our joy we pray this all in the name of jesus amen second peter Chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I'll soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I'll make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Christ 
and power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love with him. I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for a prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So beautiful challenge to godliness, and on top of that, a, a beautiful challenge to place our confidence in Scripture. And so you have Peter moving from a revelation uh, you know, of Jesus and all of his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration to the revelation of prophecy or Scripture, uh, which is also the glory and the reflection of who Christ is. So a nice little section all together. You have to love, I mean, the way that Peter and... Paul and, and some of these other authors can weave more theology into the greeting of their letters yeah. know, than, oh, yeah. than we can. So to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. I mean, what a great description of what God has done you know, through the gospel, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. We have received a faith as precious as ours. You know, it, It's not something that, that we earn. It's not something that we have to achieve. It's been freely given to us no, you know, by God. Our standing before God is, is based on uh, his righteousness and not our own, yeah. and of course, uh, you know, there's the wonderful exchange, you know, that takes place in the gospel that our sins are placed on Him, and His righteousness is given to us a- as a gift, and uh, th- that is a-, a faith that is deeply precious because it's not our righteousness that brings us into relationship with God; it's our confidence in the finished work of Christ on, on the cross, and of course, that's why He can say, "Grace and peace be yours mm-hmm. in abundance." Yeah. Through the knowledge through the of knowledge. I love that. Yeah. You, the more you get to know him, uh, what he's revealed of himself, the more grace you're going to see that he's given and the more peace you're going to have. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the words, you know, the word in the New Testament is uh, not, you know, the same word as just uh, being able to recite a lot, a lot of theological propositions or being able to exegete, you know, the complicated truths of the Trinity. The knowledge is the personal knowledge or intimacy. Uh, you know, with you know, with God through Jesus Christ. Mm. I love too. You know how his greeting really paves the way for what he's about to say next, where he says, "His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great pro- and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in um, in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires." But you know, God hasn't He hasn't just set us apart. You know, given us a, a righteousness by faith and said, now live however you want. You know, hope you can make it. It's your job to get to the end. I've done enough. You know, but he's actually given us everything we need for a godly life. And not just a, a godly life in the midst of, you know, a godly world, but uh, everything we need for a godly life in the midst of, you know, having escaping corruption in the world caused by yeah. evil desires. There's things around us that we still struggle with. Right. And, of course, that takes us all the way back, you know, to, you know, to the garden where as our desires turned inward on ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the world around us uh, became deeply corrupt. And this is still where we go wrong in our faith is when we turn, you know, to 
to a heart to desire the things of the world rather than the gifts we've received in God. And, and of course, the way that verse 3 you know, begins, his divine power, you know, that the Christian life is a matter of his power, which is at work with us. Not just precious promises, but his divine power, his precious promises, and our participation with him in the divine nature. And of course, by that, it doesn't mean we become divine. By that, it means his spirit indwells us. And mm-hmm. his spirit is the one who completes this work in us. So the work of salvation with, begins with him as a work of salvation or sanctification will be carried on mm-hmm. in him. And what a beautiful description of that. Um, yeah, and he kind of gives us that, that tension and a little bit of that kind of paradox of this divine power at work in us but then also make every effort to add to your faith. Mm-hmm. So there is this us, you know, at work to pursue these things, but even in all of that, it's his divine power yeah. doing. Uh, our, our maturity in the Christian faith or our sanctification, if you want to use the word from systematic theology, uh, is, 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 is a divine work, but it's not a passive work. It's something in which you know, we fully participate. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's talked about you know, participating in the divine nature. You know, that, that's a word for fellowship, through our fellowship with his divine nature. He gives us both the desire to be everything that he has called us to be, and he enables us to be you know, as we are engaged with him. And of course, as we are nourished by those promises you know, that he has made as we preach you know, the gospel to himself, so he uh, he gives us you know kind of he gives us seven you know character qualities he could have listed more but he wants us to feel the perfection <laughs> of this says for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self control and to self control perseverance and to perseverance uh, godliness and to godliness mutual affection and mutual affection love and of course that's that capstone um, I love that he moves he moves from mutual affection to love. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of those are required in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. that we have affection for one another, uh, and beyond that, we have you know love for one another. So it's easy to have love for people that you have affection for, uh, but he, he's telling us, because mm-hmm. we're family, we, we need to bring both of those. And, mm-hmm. and, and love is seeking the other's best, no matter what the cost or no matter what the sacrifice, which is the pattern of what you know, Christ did for us. No, I love how he's basically telling you make every effort to look like Jesus, right? To pursue the things exactly. of Christ. That's what it means to the, these be qualities are not just pulled out of the air. Uh, these are qualities you know that he has seen in Christ, and uh, qualities that uh, we see in Christ. So it's not a matter of you know. Uh, obviously, the Old Testament, and New Testament does offer us a, a rich ethic and a rich lifestyle, uh, but we're. Not you know simply you know going by living by virtues. We're living into uh, the person of Christ mm-hmm. and becoming imitators of Him. It's fun to see how you know Peter and Paul really do say the same things, just in, in their own in their own ways, their own personalities. Which I mean brings us to that point of Scripture as well, just how God has yeah, carried along the prophets. And but you know Paul would say God has prepared you know all these works beforehand that you should walk in them. And, you know, and Peter essentially says the same thing. He's giving you everything you need. You know, to to for a godly life, and now make every effort yeah. you know, to to give to apply the things that He's given you by the work of His Spirit. And He even goes on to say in verse ten, you know, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just you see the Paul and Peter saying the same thing, just in their own ways. Their yeah, own nothing is more solid than calling an election. <laughs> you know, that's you know God's work. You know, and, and and by that we're talking about His effective call 
for us because he has elected us where he calls us to himself and that is a miraculous work of of god but he says the theme that affirms that is uh the way that you live into you know that calling and the way that you live into uh you know that that election and i kind of like how the motivations peter is giving us to some of these things obviously you don't want to be you know ineffective or or unproductive but also he gives us really big motivation do these things and you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ like that's pretty good motivation right you know he's like pointing people to these things we're doing now aren't just to do them to keep busy until we die or something but these are much bigger than that obviously to keep us from being unproductive to keep us from being unfruitful but also we, we have this great hope to come in, in in this welcome of christ you know and is, is that even something that we think about yeah. you know uh, more than anything else in this day ahead of me i want to be fruitful in my relationship with christ mm. we have our list of things to do we have our priorities we have you know goals that we're chasing and we have a, a lifestyle that we need to prop up mm. and as a center of the thought more than anything else i i want to be fruitful in my knowledge of him and then of course he also says not stumbling and when we face him you know which is what you were pointing out david that the, there's just this rich sense of that we've lived our life for him Mm-hmm. And you almost got there a while ago, so why don't you lead us back into the uh, the way that Scripture comes to us? Yeah. No, I love how you know they they talk about you know we were witnesses for we did not follow cle- cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty. And and they go on they you know speak of the Transfiguration that here, here it is we saw the glory of of Christ you know, and we saw the Word. But then he goes on in verse 19 and says, we also have the prophetic message as something, and I love these words, completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You know, what a great definition of scripture. Yeah. Uh, the way I love to talk about Scripture is the writing of Scripture is so superintended by the Holy Spirit that says everything that God wanted it to say in exactly the way that God wanted it to mm-hmm. say th- through the personality, vocabulary, and understanding of the biblical writers. So it has their personality, has their vocabulary, it has their their culture and their mm-hmm. perspective, but God is so superintended that it delivers flawlessly the message of salvation to us so that we may be built up in him and of course this is why we have it so that we can uh through these promises participate in the divine nature and to make our calling sure and to live lives you know that are a reflection you know of who he is so this is one of the best you know descriptions of the process and his word for carried along and you know is kind of like a wind blowing in the sail uh you know that uh, it takes it to its destination it's the power behind its destination so it's a beautiful gift we have in scripture not mm-hmm. you know like a you know like the Quran which is you know exact dictation um, this is given by God through human authors in such a way that it preserves the word of God and the, the personality mm-hmm. uh, of, of, the, of the gospel writers wonderful gift scripture is mm-hmm. from beginning to end mm-hmm. no, and Peter wants to remind us of these things even though we already know them, right? Yeah. Like, I want to remind you of the things you I know. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live. Yeah, yeah. And, and we should refresh each other's memory. And it's not that we don't know these things. These things sometimes slide to the back of our mind because there are so many other things competing for our time and attention. 
um, and, and nothing more worthy, you know, than you know than these. Hey, Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the great um, truths and promises that we see in Second Peter chapter one. We're, we're reminded that your word is completely reliable; that you have carried along the prophets and spoke um, to us through them. And so, Father, would you um, encourage our hearts through your word today? Would you um, would you help us to believe the truths that we've received? Thank you that we have everything we need for a life of godliness. Will we make every effort then um, to to grow in, in those things? To to add to those virtues that you've laid out, um, Father, not so that we would be propped up, but that you would be propped up. Help us to to glorify you, to live as your people. Uh, thank you for the work you're doing in us. Uh, it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.